The IDP Pro Managers Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays, and great news, Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Just go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And while you're at it, don't forget, go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady and enter the Shady Rays latest parlay of the day contest. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Draft Week, where all week long, SGPN has you covered with draft props, mock drafts, and our live NFL draft watch party, so make sure to smash that subscribe button at YouTube.com slash SportsGamblingPodcast. And so, the IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers in professional sports entertainment today. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP pros, Craig, Brad, and Jerry. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest NFL IDP. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. It is the Friday, right after the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft, and you are watching the IDP Pro Manager Podcast. With me, as always, is Gary, the IDP tipster himself, and we got a special guest joining us to go over that first round IDP coverage. You see him on Twitter at Dynasty Trip. We got Trip Brebner with us today. Trip, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. I'm excited. What a what a fun first round, and we've got a couple more rounds oh, yeah. tonight. We'll have more linebackers coming off the boards and safeties, so it's a great oh. time. Oh yeah, Gary, how's your day going? I, a lot better than it was yesterday, man. Uh, during the draft, all that trading and shit. I'm not a big draft guy anyways. And it's like, ah! But, you know, looking at it, the full picture about 4 a.m. this morning, beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. We got a lot, of, lot to cover. All right. And that's, again, what we're going to be doing for the majority of our show here today is going one by one. We'll see how many we get through the first round IDP players taken. I think, Gary, you said there were 16 of them overall in the draft so slightly over half with the 31 total picks in the draft of this year due to miami's uh shenanigans we'll call it but uh before we get too deep into those picks we just uh for those of you that might not be familiar with trip um we've seen him on shows with gary myself before you see some stuff over at football guys but uh trip let people know where they can find your content and what you're pumping out this time of year yeah, I pretty much uh, sums it up. We're just doing on stuff on Twitter and at football guys these days. So once in a blue moon, I'm over at the uh, the IDP show. But uh, and you know, there's only so much demand for a fast talking, long witted guy who talks a nerds out on defensive schemes. So it's once in a blue moon. But um, <laughs> always, always rim over here, man. Always rim. And then you're going to be an uh, IDP pro all the way. Yeah, I just say next couple of weeks I'll be doing some uh, some. Uh, defensive articles over football guys and i'll contemplate how some of these new defensive coordinators might use their personnel and now that the rookies are in the mix we'll have a full-fledged article on at least a couple of these schemes if not all six or eight that um, have new coordinators so i'm excited to dig into that it's a lot of fun to try to figure those things out and, and test my theories as the season goes on you know and gary i think you said uh trips joining you Yes, yeah, we're going to have Trip on the IDP Pro Players Pod tonight with me and John, and we're going to continue this coverage. Uh, so we'll uh, cover what we can this morning and cover the rest later. And as uh, Trip said, there's going to be a lot more evaluation, and we're going to be back next week, probably both shows, seeing how much coverage we have to go more in depth on for fantasy purposes. And uh, hopefully, Craig. Uh, Maybe I can get you on next Friday night on the Players Pod. So you guys check out what out. It's only available on Spotify. Make sure you're doing the DJ Point thing, man. It's a great way to listen and win free shit. You know, you gotta love that if you can listen and just win. All right. Well, we're gonna get into it, and we got some fun graphics up here. 
Gary created for us that we're going to be going through here in regards to the draft here. So first defensive pick taken here uh, went a little bit later than some people thought, but Will Anderson Jr. to the Houston Texans out of Alabama, edge player. Certainly it will be interesting to see how D'Amico Rines utilizes him here in the draft. Trip, how did you feel about him going to Houston and your initial thoughts on how he's going to be used there and that new defense are setting up? Yeah, I think it's a, it's, I guess it's was somewhat expected. I mean, there were some folks that thought that Anderson might wind up. The only other option really was Arizona, right? So that makes mm-hmm. some sense. I think the interesting thing is how they got there. Uh, the trading yeah. was just really astonishing. So the, the Texans had second overall pick, of course, used it on a quarterback, which there was some speculation that they might not. They did, of course. And then what they do is they trade their 12th, their 33rd overall, which is almost a first rounder, and then their future first rounder for next year to move up nine spots to go from 12th to third to grab this guy, which is just an astonishing pay to draft an edge rusher. I, I just, I'm totally blown away by that. I just, I can't imagine that the wins over replacement for an edge rusher just check out with those numbers. The last time I can remember something like this happening was when the Saints sold off their future first to get Marcus Davenport. And yep. I mean, it's easy to criticize <laughs> and say, well, Marcus Davenport didn't work out, but I, it's hard to imagine how good Will Anderson could be such that they, that the Texans would win so many more games such to push that, uh, 2024 one down to the point where they feel good about it. I mean, there's just no chance in my mind that the, the Texans 24 first will be outside the top 20. And I think there's good odds that it's inside the top 10. So I'm really blown away by that. And then you look at Arizona and Arizona would traded from three to 12. And then uh, moments later traded from 12 back up to six to get to the guy that they probably intended to get all along in Paris yeah. Johnson. And all they had to do to go from 12 to six was give up that second round pick again. Uh, you know, so they basically profited a, a future first to and still got their guy. I mean, that's how to do it. And I was really blown away last night. I was the guys that I was zooming with last night. A couple of them thought that Houston was a winner and that Arizona was a loser. I, I kind of see it the opposite way when you talk about just accruing cra- capital and, and assets long term. I, I was, I, it was an astonishing move to me. The player himself, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a good player. They certainly need help. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, D'Amico Ryans has, uh, you know, long sought an impact. And really, in, in the entire 49ers defensive staff, has sought an impact player on the edge. That's a fast linebacker like type player. They had D Ford for a couple of years who could never stay healthy. They drafted Jake Drake Jackson last year, so it's an interesting fit in that regard. They have this uh, this pass rusher that can move around the formation and, uh, you know, play play wide and and um, and, and complement the, the defensive ends that they have, which are you know few and far between right now. So it's certainly a need. I can't criticize that this guy was considered to be by some the best prospect available so uh, but boy did they pay up to get him we want to let you guys know that uh, we are brought to you this week by shady rays and the shady rays parlay of the day contest we're running a special parlay of the day contest for people who've brought their shades from shadyrays.com using the promo code sgpn each day of the nfl draft the sports gambling podcast will release a shady rays parlay of the day if the parlay hits the cash, will be awarded to one lucky listener. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash shady to start getting shady. And also, our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, custom snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. 
Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures are what they provide. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they will have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you buy from Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. What's that? Your computer has another virus? Well, my friend, you need help to stop your obsession with the dirty O. All of this searching for air yards and yards after catch and blah, blah, blah. Stop your dirty O obsession by searching for the IDP Pro Players Podcast instead and focus on the other side of the balls. I, I mean ball. The crew on the IDP Pro Players Podcast care about you and your technology by holding true to their No Dirty O mantra. Every week, Gary and John bring you the IDP content you need to save your rosters and dominate your league while avoiding the Dirty O. So save your technology by tuning into the IDP Pro Players Podcast with your longtime and totally unoffensive veteran hosts, Johnny the Greek and Gary the IDP Tipster. Follow them on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. I have to agree. I don't see this being a high end Chase Young kind of guy that they should have probably put this stock into. In this class, I guess if you wanted it, you went you went and got it. I don't I'm not hundred percent sure this is gonna pay off long term what they paid. IDP-wise, I'm, I'm really interested. I was wanting to get Tripp's thoughts. Do we see this guy as more of a stand-up rusher or a hands-down? Is he going to be three-down lineman all the time? Yeah, I think he moves around a little bit, and it takes opportunities to stand up. And, you know, he's mm-hmm. not lined up immediately outside of, of Hughes or Greenard from time to time. So uh, I think he offers them some rush combination flexibility that they haven't really been able to show up. Of course, yeah. Ryan's is new, so it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. But that's what I would expect to see. They're going to have to manufacture some pressure because Jerry Jerry Hughes is towards the tail end. We don't really know if Greenard's any good or not. Um, mm-hmm. Their interior pass rushers are pedestrian, not terrible, but um, you know, it's, it's it certainly gives them some flexibility and uh, maybe takes a little bit of pressure off the back end, which was pretty suspect last year. Yeah, he didn't profile like a big defensive end type. He's got too much linebacker in him. I think the I have to agree. The other thing which I think is overlooked, or you know, is that um, the, the Cardinals' first year GM. I mean, nobody's going to talk about this outside, you know, because this is an offensive lineman. First year GM has the nerve to trade back to twelve. It was widely believed that that the that the Bears had Paris Johnson penciled in at nine. He has the nerve to trade behind the Bears, and then the ability to come back up and get their their guy ahead of them. I, it's just. A really kind of great gamesmanship and the, the nerves of steel by the new GM out there in Arizona. I think that uh, in terms of what they're doing there in Houston, it was just a split. I think ownership came in and told them, you're going to take a quarterback because we need a quarterback. And if you want your job, we're taking the quarterback. And then they just decided, well, the guy that everyone in the room wanted. So they just went up and got him anyway, because they figured 
they're probably safe taking the quarterback. Ryan's is safe either way. I mean, the contract that they gave him. So I think it was just a gamble on. They think those are probably the two best players right there. The teams don't take very often. All right, now we'll move on here. And Gary, we're going to give you one of your favorite positions to talk about. We're going to go to cornerback. Yeah. Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois went fifth to the Seattle Seahawks. That's the pick that they got from Denver. So uh, certainly a luxury pick that they wouldn't have normally. And they're going to be pairing him up with Tariq Woolen, who they got in the fifth round, um, turned into a great pick in the fifth round. Mm -hmm. Great player for IDP purposes, even last year. Generally diving into the cornerbacks too much, but how do you like this fit there? Because the GM and the coach are certainly excited about him. Yeah, I could imagine he slots right in as a starter. Uh, I can't imagine that there's anybody else on the uh, depth chart that has any more draft stock than he does or opportunity at this point. So definitely it'll be interesting to see. They'll probably pepper both him and Woolen again, but we've seen a lot of Woolen last year. And, I mean, he's a, he's a little bit of a playmaker uh, at times. So I think he's a, a rookie target that he's going to be a starter, sure. Sure, I'll probably quill him as a option or a streamable guy. Depends on, you know, deep league, stash him. Well, I think this speaks to Craig's point about Will Anderson just being a tier above the rest of the players available, right? I mean, you got Devon Devin Witherspoon is interesting prospect. There were some that were you know, there was some debate as to whether or not this guy's the top overall cornerback or whether or not it's Christian and Gonzalez. Gonzalez goes up what 17th and was ended up being the third cornerback, which is Another story in itself, but I don't think there was another cornerback taken between five and 16, if I recall correctly. So an interesting maneuver there for the Seahawks. Of course, the theory was that the Lions were on Witherspoon and then the Lions bailed out of that six pick and down to 12 because Witherspoon was probably off the board. The issue with Witherspoon is that he was a senior and there's not too many examples of senior cornerbacks that have been successful. I wouldn't take them in the first round, uh, but uh, for the Seahawks standpoint, they tried to transition to more of a too high look last year. They got absolutely gashed in the run in the run game. Couldn't find any solutions. Getting Witherspoon and Woolen out there together gives them an opportunity to show more one high looks. It gives the strong safety Jamal Adams time to get down to the box opportunities to blitz from there, freeze up his deployment a little bit. Uh, so clearly they're making stop in the past, the priority here. And so it's just to see how they'll be able to counter the run game, but uh, but they're, they're kind of trending in the opposite direction of most of the rest of the NFL, where most of the rest of the NFL is, try, is leaning more too high and, and mm-hmm. figuring out you know how to stop the pass first, build out those coverages, and then try to, if you can, stop the run with a light box. And Seattle seems to be going the opposite way here a little bit, which I find an interesting choice here. I wasn't I certainly understand the pick from a need perspective. Michael Jackson was the starting cornerback opposite of, of um, Woolen last year. He was marginally adequate. Uh, he probably does profile best as a third guy or fourth guy. So uh, you certainly have to like uh, from a pass defense standpoint, what they're doing. And then it gives them more opportunities to manufacture pressure because they don't really have anybody other than Uchenna Nwosu to uh, create a lot of havoc up front. Maybe Draymond Jones helps, but you got to, you got to think that they're going to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more aggressive this year than, than they have been in the past with, with Weatherspoon and, and Woolen both on the field. Fact. The National Breast Cancer Foundation reports that a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. And we already know finding new innovations in research, surgical options, and clinical trials is essential to finding a cure. And to all those fantasy football ladies that may be listening, we also know with early detection your survival rate goes up. And that's why breast self-exams are very important, and the best way to give your old girls their best fighting chance to win the championship. So, with all that being said, the fellas here at the IDP Pro Players Pod would like to remind everyone, 
The National Breast Cancer Foundation does take donations, so please, go and give what you can. And let's give our mothers, our wives, our sisters, and every woman, the support, the resources, and maybe even more importantly, the hope, by knowing we all really do care. Underdog Fantasy, the NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also got the best NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million in prizes. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And a part of SGPN's draft week, SGPN is holding a free NFL draft props contest exclusively for members of our Discord. It's completely free to join, and the winner gets $250 cash and a $50 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash discord and go to the NFL channel for the sign-up link. This is a guy talking about going in the, earlier in the draft, and he fell a little bit, potentially due to some medical concerns, but it feels like a nice fit here long-term-wise trip with him going there to try to learn from like Chandler Jones, be the third rusher initially, and eventually take over next to Max Crosby. How do you feel about the pick here to the Raiders for Tyree Wilson? Yeah, certainly a need. I, it's kind of an admittal that they overpaid for Chandler Jones, that he's that doesn't have a lot left in the tank, and they need another pass rusher. Uh, their their defense was just woeful last year. I just had Max Crosby, and he's out there <laughs> playing 100% of the snaps in some t- some weeks because they just don't have anything right. else in the cupboard when it comes to pass rushers. So certainly a need, uh, an interesting player. Another guy that kind of broke out late in his career, I think he was a transfer, kind of busted out there at, at TCU last year, and Interesting to see how he develops as a prospect. But yeah, you can't. It's um, hard to fault the idea of learning from Chandler Jones out there. So I like that. Gary, not yep. really another immediate bot for production here, but long term wise, you like the fit too? Well, let's just look at Chandler Jones's contract. Uh, they actually have an out this year. He is signed all the way through 2025, though. But considering what they got out of him last year, depends how they look at it. So I think that this guy could. Uh, be a little sneaky. I, I like him. I like his profiling there. Can they find a role for him on the interior line as a rotational guy the first year if they do stick with Chandler? That's been a little bit interesting in deeper leagues, too. I like this landing spot. I wasn't impressed with uh, Chandler Jones last year. Of course, you're always going to be capped off with ceiling with Mac, uh, you're capping off his ceiling with Max Crosby across from him and the main pass rusher. But um, as a rookie, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. Dynasty wise. All right. We got a defensive tackle here coming up next. Uh, seemingly the Philadelphia Eagles are turning into the Georgia Bulldogs, the championship <laughs> team from a couple of years ago with the defense. They got Jalen Carter reuniting with Jordan Davis on that defensive line there for the long-term future, which is exciting if you've seen them next to each other. And it kind of feels like it's going to be a good situation for him to be around people he knows and trusts and hopefully mature into a productive NFL player like he was in college. Gary, Mm -hmm. defensive tackles generally not as reliable for your standard fantasy leagues like we talk about here, but with the situation that he's going to and that monster to eat a blocker, Jordan Davis, next to him, do you like this spot any more than if he had gone somewhere else? Oh, no, I love this spot, dynasty-wise. I mean, you couldn't ask for much more of that pairing. Couple of college guys, outstanding players, and having that same chemistry in the NFL. I mean, that's hard to get, especially within such a small window class, you know. 
these guys actually put some decent snaps together for what a year or two fletcher cox is old there's a lot of appeal here there is going to be some kind of vacuum happen in this uh defensive line eventually uh you're looking at brandon graham he's old josh sweet how long is he going to be there they're Derek barnett's apparently still hanging around i I love it dynasty-wise, and I think the rotations that they used last year on redraft, this does offer some appeal, but I'm going to throw out, before I go throwing a bunch of red flags, I'm going to throw out the fact that we thought the same about Davis and Logan Hall, I think it was down Tampa Bay and a couple others. So use your caution for right now. I'm not putting too much stock into a defensive tackle position designated, and this defensive line number Dynasty wise, yeah, I like him, but I'm, he's not at the top of my list. Trip, how do you feel about it? Well, it's it's interesting debate. I've, there's there's differing takes out there about Carter in terms of is he going to be a useful IDP or not? Because you look at his production in Georgia, and you're like, those are not those numbers are not eye popping numbers. But I think that the defense in Philadelphia will shape up slightly differently than it does in Georgia. And you look at Carter and Davis next to each other, and uh, Jordan Davis is that space eating nose tackle. And it frees Carter up to be the interior disruptor. In my mind, you need a three-pronged attack as a pass rush. You need points of pressure on each edge and one point of pressure in the middle. And I think Carter affords that. I think he, he does not profile as some big space-eating nose tackle. I think he's a guy that you would utilize frequently in a three-tack alignment, play some nose, but it's a guy that you would you would want to free up and get upfield. And so I think that's it's 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 interesting. I think that the 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 Eagles with Sean Desai in-house now as their defensive coordinator, they'll try to show some more light boxes they'll use these guys with milton williams jalen carter and uh, jordan davis to try to control the line of scrimmage and i think you will see some tackle production out of out of carter because of that and so i'm i'm kind of in, intrigued by it I, I we've kind of moved past where we were five years ago where you could just identify those guys who were just those pure interior one gapping pass rushers like chris jones and it's harder to do that now but i think that if i'm going to bet on a defensive tackle to have some parity with some of the young defensive ends that are in the working class in terms of actual output for fantasy i I think that i would be putting a chip on carter before i would be say a guy like lucas van ness and so i'm mildly optimistic about um, carter as being a fantasy useful guy so I, I'm interested in this fit and how this defense all comes together. And it's certainly a, a terrorizing defense on the front end because you know, they have some real weapons up there with you. And, and Gary just listed a lot of them. But um, it's and they're going to have to play light because they don't have much safety right now. So it's it'll be interesting to see, to see how this defense shapes up. Speaking of Lucas Van Ness that you just foreshadowed here, he's the next guy on our list. And <clears throat> Shouldn't surprise anyone with the Packers going defense in the first round. It seems like that's what they're doing. And Van Ness sort of profiles like the guys athletically that they've been taking lately as their edge rushers. I liked Van Ness a lot coming into the draft season, I guess you want to call it, looking at his tape and what he could turn into. But he's clearly an unfinished product. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a starting edge rusher for him right away. It doesn't sound like you're overly high on this one either, Trip. Well, he's just clearly the third guy out the gate. They got yeah. Preston Smith out there. I thought that Kingsley and Igbari showed out fairly well for, especially for a fifth round rookie last year. I mean, that was, I thought he acquitted himself fairly well. So 
does Van Ness overtake Enigbari immediately? Maybe. Uh, when you can take a guy 13th overall, you certainly expect him to get on the field. And they certainly do need a guy to to come in and take take snaps from Preston Smith, who's getting up there in age and becoming less effective over time. And you add to the fact that Rashawn Gary's coming off an ACL injury. Van Ness shit kind of profiles similarly to Gary in the sense that, like you said, he's an unfinished product coming out of school. Gary played enough, but didn't, didn't produce that much. Van Ness was productive when he was on the field, but didn't play that much. He was a rotational guy at Iowa. And so it's it's weird to think that a guy can't start for Iowa, but it's going to be a 13th overall pick for the Green Bay Packers. It's, I'm having a hard time getting my head around that exactly. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm surprised that Van Ness was picked this early. Uh, my buddy Kyle Bellfuel, who's a big Packers fan, he was looking at Miles Murphy in this range instead of Lucas Van Ness. But obviously this mm-hmm. guy was a priority. So I tend to like to subscribe to narratives. They thought it was necessary to get ahead of the Patriots for some reason from 15 to 13 when they made that Aaron Rodgers trade. And is this it? Do they want, do they feel the need to move up to take Lucas Van Ness? If so, that's kind of interesting. So it's certainly, you can't just say, well, the 13th overall pick is going to suck, Right. (laughs) but it's odd to think that he could come in and be an impact player right away. Oh, Mr. Hercules. I mean, that was his nickname, I guess in college, you know, he's just a, he's just a beast. He's a specimen. But he's a development specimen, and I think it speaks it speaks clearly in this class. If you notice, a lot of the trades got 16 defensive guys up in the first round, for heaven's sakes. So that's not how good the class is, in my perspective. It's a lackful class. We've talked about this in the past. But it shows how people were reaching for what they could get out of this class now before they slid because, well, it seemed like a lot of wide receivers, maybe offensive. I'm not sure how the offensive class measured up, but that's just a general take looking at it at 4 a.m. this morning, my morning cup of Duff coffee. I mean, coffee. Yeah, it was really coffee. Anyway, (laughs) developmental guy. Uh, I'm not looking at any redraft at the moment and we'll just wait it out. We could see him in what Gary in three years, two years. Yeah, whenever they decide to move on from Preston Smith there. Ever notice these days how things have changed with sports entertainment? Suddenly everyone is edgy and they don't mind offending people with offensive words. It's everywhere. Podcasts, radio, to primetime TV. All I want are NFL defensive player reports. Maybe a quick update on the best streaming corners. And yet, I have to hear about the dirty O. That's right. (gasps) Offensive player discussions and hot takes blocking my path to the sweet, sweet defensive information I need. Bullshit. That was until I found the IDP Pro Players Podcast. And now, unless the IDP Pro's John or Gary mess up, Uh I know I'm not going to be offended by their no-dirty-o approach. So take my word for it. Catch the Sports Gambling IDP Pro Player Podcast every week and leave the dirty-o behind. So if you or someone you know has an IDP degenerate problem, that's terrific. And the fantasy move to make is to go follow a couple of the best veterans in the fantasy football industry. That was on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R, O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. Oh, yeah. And I promise you we will get to more cornerbacks here, but clearly I have had too little sleep and I missed a whole bunch of picks in between here. So we got another edge guy, and it makes me wonder here, uh, to your point, Trip, when they moved up there ahead of the Patriots, if it was more just they thought there was the potential that the Jets were going to be wanting one of those edge players, and they knew that they wanted to get up and get their guy, whoever it was, ahead of them, whether it was you know, Van Ness or whomever. But this pick to a lot of people felt like the Jets took a reach because whether it was Broderick Jones went right ahead of them or one other edge player that they wanted went. Donald had been mocked you know, towards the end here as a potential first-round pick, although 
be it later. Super athletic guy, not a whole lot of bulk. How do you see him fitting in there with the Jets defensive front? Yeah, you make a good point. I hadn't really thought about that. Did the did the did the Packers play the Jets? Did the Jets want Van Ness? Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, but I was surprised to see McDonald go this early. I mean, I, in part, I'm not a big tape guy. I'm kind of listening to and the a lot of people that are good evaluators that I try to synthesize information from. And so, when you think about some of the guys that were still available, like Miles Murphy and like uh, Nolan Smith, this this was a surprising pick to me. Uh, in, in terms of how does he fit the defense? I mean, the, the Jets are with Robert Saleh trying to do the. Uh, doing this deep rotation of people that they're trotting through and you know, they have defensive ends on one side and more Leo slash outside linebacker types on the other. And, and McDonald is kind of was forced into a defensive end type role in Iowa state and that limited him some. And uh, he, I think he might thrive in a Leo type role. There was talk about the moving on from Carl Lawson that the jets that is. And so maybe he is able to come in and take that role, but he's going to be out there with Bryce Huff who restricted, restricted free agent who was just brought back. And, and so I, I think that the, his experience in trying to play a kind of a, a odd front defensive end at Iowa state will at least have prepared him to come in and play a, a play a, a more diverse and a full-time type of a role versus say a Bryce Huff. But um, that being said is that I do think that they want to try to, to just attack you the jets that is with as many guys as they can keeping them refreshed as they can. So uh, it's, it's, He's in a pretty good position to produce in year one, but um, he's got to do it on like probably 60, 65% of the snaps. And we saw Josh Sweat do that, but you can't really expect a rookie to do that. So um, in an interesting prospect, dynasty wise, just based on the, uh, the draft capital alone and the fact that he's playing with a good defense with an awfully stout back end with two good quarterbacks. So that's attractive in its own right is that he'll have opportunities to finish because the, the coverage will be stout. Uh, so it's appealing. Um, I'm I'm not super excited about it, I guess, just based on what the Jets have historically done over the last couple of years. And Gary, they took a defensive end in the first round last year, even towards the end, Jermaine Johnson, the second out of Florida state, they took mm-hmm. 26th overall. So there's certainly loading up on these edge defensive end players, but you're shaking your head there. Not much interest for you. It wasn't enough. It's not enough. Not They need instant. They need something. They haven't had a freaking pass rush forever. I said this last night on IDP, guys. They haven't had one forever. I do like Jermaine Johnson. I like how he started out last year, and then he kind of, uh, well, he basically, I think he got hurt, and then he didn't get any more of the full rotation by the time they got towards the end of the season when pretty sure they weren't going to go to the playoffs. So why push it? I like him. I don't like what they have history wise. And I think that they needed a more prime guy. If you had, you know, give me Ness, give me Ness up there and turn them loose. Like, you know, Siobhan Walker or something. I don't know. I'm not super excited here. This guy's probably more of a a dynasty guy. And if he gets into rotation, um, I'm not, I'm not excited. I'm just not excited at the moment. All right. Well, hopefully you're excited about cornerbacks because we finally got to him here. And this guy was a, was a bit of a polarizing pick. Um, he was getting late steam, you know, about first round coverage. But to Tripp's point earlier, going ahead of Christian Gonzalez, I think surprised a lot of people and possibly even him going ahead of Deontay Banks. But Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, he was the FBS career record for six touchdowns after an interception. And the guy is a ball hawk, certainly, but he is also uh, skinny as a rail as they said quite a bit on the show there last night in the various draft shows. He's 6'1", 166 pounds, which is small for college and weight-wise and certainly going to be for the NFL. Gary, he's going to a spot where they need cornerback help, 
Do you think this does anything for him when you're in a cornerback league? I fumble the ball. It's it's heading your way, Trip. I, I I don't know. He's a cornerback, man. Your trip. This is why I had mocked into this spot. Of course, then it was a surprise when Christian Gonzalez is still on the board. It's like, well, what does Washington do now? Did they do they trade back or do they? And it, it, I think they had take lock because I think this is who they were th- thought would board would fall. I think they expected, like most did, that Gonzalez would be gone in the first ten or twelve picks, and this is who they had penciled in. I think he offers some inside outside scheme flexibility. I think with with Kendall Fuller, which is interesting, and certainly Washington had a need, and, and everybody knows they have a. a you know, a talented, at least high upside defensive line. And if, if they can complement it in the back end with some good coverage, then they're in good shape. I, I, I don't expect him to be contributing much in run defense. That's something that when they're using their defensive backs to participate in run defense, they're bringing safety set. They have Cameron Curl, Derek Forrest. Um, so it's obviously you, you're concerned about it from the weight. It's, it's something you, you're kind of shocking to see a guy that weighs 166 pounds uh, mm-hmm. come in and play cornerback. And you'd expect folks to run at him, but I think they'll probably be able to uh, find ways to keep him out of the out of the path of of that uh, the way Jack Del Rio's defense run. That said, from an IDP standpoint, it's he's really only relevant in big play leagues because of the ball skills. But you got to be excited about the ball skills. I was on the, the IDP guys show last night, and uh, Ricky Rodriguez was on the part owner there. IDP guys was on the pod mm-hmm. with us, and he was able to point out that the top three cornerbacks taken all had like good interception numbers. And I, he didn't mention pass breakup numbers, but I bet they're also high. The top three guys, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, and and this guy, and some of the guys that were pay, taken lower, like or that weren't taken even yet, like Joey Porter and, and Deontay Banks, those guys don't have the same uh, production numbers, uh, ball production numbers. And that seems to be the priority right now of teams is, is that they want to get these cover guys that can break up passes, mm-hmm. that can create turnovers. And and so they're willing to take a chance. That is, the commanders are on a, on a slider guy that has the ball skills that they want in their defense. The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast now offers rewards for every episode listened to and downloaded on Spotify. Tune in every episode to answer a posted Q&A question to earn eGen points. This month, SGPN Fantasy Football is giving away a $50 gift card. Go to Spotify and join in on the fun. We have one more cornerback here for this little grouping. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, the aforementioned cornerback out of Oregon, went to the Patriots, pick 17. Cornerback was another spot of need for the Patriots. I like the fit there. I usually like it when Bill Belichick takes a defensive player for their scheme, although IDP-wise, usually a crapshoot whether it's going to have any relevance the way they do rotations there. Trip, how are you feeling about him going to New England? Well, it's the risk of take lock. I mean, it feels like a slam dunk, right? You, you get a guy that here you thought was not going to go lower than 10th, and they land, and the Patriots are able to land him at 17. And he he's, enables Bill Belichick to get that defense back to what it was three or four years ago, but if he's if he's what everyone hopes he is. The, the Patriots have had to kind of back down in their aggressiveness and play more zone lately because they haven't had the cover guys to support that. And they have historically been more of a single high team that, that wants to leave their cornerbacks out on islands where they can and allocate more assets to to uh, to the pass rush and to run defense. And and they haven't done that last couple of years. And so they you know, Matt Judon has had these up and down seasons and the people have been trying to look at why. It's like, well, if they're able to rotate protections toward him and not get pressure from other sources, then that's how they're able to neutralize them. And this gives them more flexibility to to be more aggressive with their defense if, if Gonzalez can be everything they hope he can. And I think he's the guy that profiles is that long man cover guy that's that's pretty exciting and, and, and also potentially quite useful from an IDP standpoint. So if the folks are in corner required, required leagues, um, you, you kind of have a, a thought as to whether or not you want it to be this guy or Witherspoon. And I think either would be uh, viable options there. But so 
So I think both from a real defense standpoint and an IDP standpoint, this guy's pretty interesting fit in New World in New England. Gary, you want to throw any comments onto this cornerback? <laughs> no. Well, hopefully you'll uh, have some thoughts on this next guy here because it's a team near and dear to your heart and a position you care about more. So you got a <laughs> linebacker pick here, more of a, a true linebacker as opposed to what Will Anderson might play. Going to the Detroit Lions, of course, they got Malcolm Rodriguez late last year in the draft, and he had some nice games. Uh, everyone's favorite, Alex Anzalone, is uh, still there and just signed a new contract. So, Gary, how do you see Jack Campbell fitting into this linebacking core? for the Detroit Lions. Looking at their ESPN depth chart, which I'm sure most of them are, he's automatically being penciled in as a starter over Alex Anzalone. I, I, I'm not buying it 100%. I really was against it last night, my initial reaction. Think a little more about it this morning. I'm still not all not on board on that. I think he's going to have to come in and prove it. Uh, I'm going to mention again. Now, this guy is apparently their best option at inside linebacker. It was a lackluster class. I'm not cracking on Jack Campbell. But I am going to point out when it comes to the Detroit Lions, they have changed the culture since uh, what was the idiot that was up there before Campbell? Matt Patricia. Bel oh, yeah, I was getting ready to say Belichick. Oops. Uh, yeah, Patricia. <laughs> chick wannabe. When it comes to what Campbell's done, I, I'm going to stick with what he's he's done with the culture and giving these guys that he's brought in low-key, like Alexander, gave them opportunity. They've stood up. Alexander actually is coming off one of his best graded and performing years on the field last year. Just got another contract when it would have been easy to just let him go. And I do believe that contract was pretty sweet if I look it up after I pass this on to, to uh, Trip. Three years, 18 so, that was what six. So that was above average of like, I mean, it beat Drew Tranquil, quite a few others. Uh, I'm going to guess that was in the upper half of contracts. Cause I believe the couple top was like 10 mil a piece or something, but either way, I still think with, with the free agency signing, the amount they gave them, I, I think it's his job to lose. If Campbell could come in and beat him. If he is the Derek Barnes, we thought that could outdo Alexander. If it's Rodriguez, if it's going to replace him, I don't think it's going to be Campbell, at least not this year, probably not for the rest of Alex Anzalone's contract. I think he, I think it's his job as long as he doesn't screw it up. Typically, the way these three-year contracts go is the first year is where most of the guaranteed money is, and so they're obviously on the roster in the first year. And the second year looks sort of like an option year where they could cut him, but they would have to eat some dead cap. And the third year is almost always where it's just all free money, right? And so the odds that Alex Anzalone is actually on the team uh, into the, the season 2025 are pretty low. Uh, that said, I, I would expect both Campbell and Anzalone to be out there pretty close to full-time right away. Uh, and play together for a while, and it, maybe even all season. I'm really interested to see if Campbell can earn 80, 90% of the snaps. And you know, he may have to have some efficiency the way Pete Werner did it in order to be effective in an 80 to 90% snap role, but that's possible. Uh, Pete, mm -hmm. The Detroit Lions defense is, is not dissimilar from the Saints defense. That's where Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, came from. And so I think that there's possibility. So from an instant impact standpoint, you can't be too excited because it's not like wide open the way, mm -hmm. say, Buffalo's middle linebacker spot right. was. But I also think you 
can be relatively optimistic because Anzalone isn't this huge competitor for playing time and tackles. Anzalone had one of the had the lowest tack rate of any off-ball linebacker in the NFL, starting off-ball linebacker, except for Michael Parsons in 2021, and that's because Parsons spent so much time rushing the passer. So mm-hmm. Anzalone, like you said, was better last year and earned himself an extension. But they were trying to phase Anzalone out in 2021. They were playing whoever out there, in part because right. they can see young guys on the field. But he was being his playing time was scaled back in 2021. So you know, Anzalone. Yeah, he's safe from a contractual standpoint in 2023. However, if Campbell comes in there and just tears it up, then Anzalone's the guy that's going to see the fewer snaps, and they'll eventually just groom this Campbell to be the guy to take over the headset and to be the defensive captain. And so uh, I, I think you can be reasonably bullish on this, and certainly the draft capital mm-hmm. suggests that they thought highly of him. And, and there, you don't draft a guy 18th overall to come in and be, you know, a three-quarter time player. Maybe right, maybe to start with, like Quay Walker has, but you do expect a guy like Walker with or Campbell with that draft capital to by year two come in and be the full-time guy. And so the Campbell, because I think the Devondra Campbell is a whole lot better player than, um, than Alex Anceloni. I think Campbell has a, has a shorter path to being that full-time guy than Quay Walker does. Two years, two years, Alex Anceloni has an out after 2024. So that's how long Jack Campbell has for them to really pull the cord in my eyes off Anceloni. It's going to be a hell of a debate. And the question is, we're going to see Anzalone slide down that board again, and you're going to see Campbell up at the top. And I think you're personally looking at rookies and knowing what they can produce and that Jack Campbell is not a complete bullseye dart throw. Like you mentioned, you know, it's not like Edmonds or, you know, replacing him up there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not clear cut. So, Oh, I'm still. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the sliding ADP of Anzalone. Yeah, I can't fault you there. I, 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 on IDP Nation podcast last month, I coined uh, like three or four guys as zombie linebackers, guys that aren't really very good, but they just don't seem to go away. They continue to maintain some kind of IDP value, and Anzalone is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another position on linebacker because again, there's really only the one taken in the draft here. Another defensive tackles up next. Kalajikansi out of Pittsburgh going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And for all the talk about how similar he was to Aaron Donald coming out with size and skill set and all that, uh, he gets thrown into a similar situation with how it appears he's going to be used by Tampa Bay, which is certainly uh, going to be interesting for his career trajectory, if I could say that correctly, to see uh, how he pans out. Because, of course, it's not fair to compare anyone to Aaron Donald coming out of college. Production no. wasn't there either, but how they're going to be used seems similar. And I do like that they have a big nose tackle there, Vita Vey, for him to eat up blockers. And they can use Cansey to just be that pure pass rusher, which is all he really is. Trip, you liking the move for having him? It kind of seems like across from Logan Hall and Vita Vey on that front there. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's a really exciting opportunity for Cansey. Like you said, you got Vita Vey out there to eat the blocks, and they can run stunts with this guy who has this athleticism to get behind Vea's back and get to the quarterback. They uh, the, the Buccaneers like to flood the line of scrimmage, so they're going to reduce those offensive linemen's uh, chances to get two guys and get their hands on Cansey and neutralize him. So, yeah, I think this absolutely sets him up for success. They try to get him as the isolated as the one, and one-on-one situations as often as possible. And, yeah, I don't I – don't, I, I'm really out bullish about this landing spot. I think this is pretty exciting. I was, you know, going into this thing just because of Cansey's profile as a, as a, you know, smaller guy with shorter arms. It's like, where is he going to land that you would want to make him a, an IDP? 
priority. And I think this is a good spot to do it, provided he gets a D-tackle designation. So hopefully we've moved on this this, this nonsense for folks like Will Anderson as a linebacker and Kalaji Kansas <laughs> as a defensive end. But I don't know that we have. But if we have, then Kansas is a great pick as a D-tackle in DT-required leagues. <clears throat> Gary, how you liking it? I love him as a player. Um, I think he could have possibly fit better in a 4-3 uh, as an interior defensive guy rushing from there. I'm not overly excited. You got Vita Bay down here. Um, they've signed Greg Gaines, which is a solid veteran, even though he's not like crazy in stats or anything, and he didn't bust it out for IDP, and I'm not <laughs> suggesting he will this year. Logan Hall sitting there last year's, what, first rounder? I got a couple other guys. Looks like, uh, smells like, and looks like a rotation, IDP-wise, defensive line-wise. I'm not really, I'm not too excited. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I don't see this guy being a, um, a huge top option for a couple of years. Uh, you get, if they get Logan Hall developed and Cansey developed here, you know, within the next couple of years, then I'll buy in. But for a rookie draft pick, I'm not, I'll trade this one. I'll take a wide receiver three. Ah, <laughs> uh, morning. Nothing like waking up to crying kids, hungry pets, and an angry alarm clock. All a football fan wants is to get your kids to school, feed the dogs and clock in at the office, and then you can finally settle in and enjoy a moment of peace with your morning cup of coffee. And you are just in time for the SGPN IDP Pro Manager Podcast, nice. which your idiot league mates haven't yet discovered. Ha! Let Brad, Craig, and Gary start your day with all the reliable IDP information you need. Money. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern on the SGPN Fantasy Football YouTube channel, where your SGPN IDP pros know exactly what you need. Awesome. Besides another cup of coffee. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for watching us on YouTube. Make sure if you haven't already hit that like button, like button and smash the subscribe button that we get all the alerts when we're going live, whether it's on this show or all the other great shows on the SGPN network. And we are going next here to another cornerback. It's the last one we're talking about, I promise, for this show. But uh, Deontay Banks went to the New York Giants. So the Giants certainly sounds like that Adoree Jackson is going to be ending his time there, and they're going to need some cornerback help, especially with the division that they play and what they have there. How are you liking the Deontay Banks going to the Giants? It's not like Wink Martindale is really happy, and if your defensive coordinator is really excited about it, I'm thinking it's probably a good fit for the team. I think that people underappreciate just how weak of a roster the Giants have, right? Yeah. I mean, the coaching job that they did last year was magnificent. Well, you know, weak cornerback and not much at receiver, and they have maybe one or two good offensive linemen. I like Banks in this in this defense, like y'all were saying. Adoree Jackson is 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 not long for the roster. He's getting older anyhow, and Wink Martindale of any coach in the NFL wants that press man quarterback that you can leave out there because he wants to be aggressive. He wants to play single high. He wants to devote assets to the pass rush. And if he has a lockdown quarterback, like he apparently thinks he does, then this is a great pick for them. Oh yeah. We're going to go one more player deep here. Cause I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm going to be selfish. Um, <laughs> interesting pick here for them. Uh, again, another name that was sort of moving up in the later mock drafts. But Maisie Smith, defensive tackle from Michigan, he's a big dude, 6'3", 337 pounds. And if you saw the reactions from Micah Parsons, he was certainly excited to get another big body that can move. Because Maisie Smith, athletically, is way, way higher off the charts than you would think for a man that size. Now, he didn't have crazy production there at Michigan, 
you know, sort of a trend we've seen with some of these Michigan guys before. Um, but big guy going to be able to eat up bodies, going to be able to move around on that defensive front that they have where they're really prioritizing that in Dallas right now. Clearly, Gary, we'll go to you for this one. Not the most well, I, exciting you know, as far as a no, defensive no. tackle, but how do you like it right. affecting the other parts they have there? We do know how I feel about the defensive tackle, you know, when we're talking about standard leagues or, you know, deep leagues. So he, he fits that same build uh, in that general aspect of IDP. But I do like it for Dallas. They needed to do something. They needed to improve that interior defensive line. Do I think this guy's going to come in and blow the world up? No, but I think he's going to play the role that he had in, in Michigan. I see it being identical because of the way the roles are for the interior defensive line in Dallas. In my eyes, those guys are nothing but hole fillers because they depend on their pass rushers doing everything to get into the backfield. So most of the stunning would go that way, in my opinion. So I don't see this as a guy that's going to come in and blow it up and record 35 tackles a year or add more than three or four sacks. Oh, I want to remind everybody on that cheery note before I hand it off the trip. Make sure that you check out the details uh, with Spotify and our DGEN reward points, man. You can get paid to listen. Trip, how are you feeling about that for the overall effect in the Dallas defense? Well, so Craig, I'm with you, and I'm a I grew up a Cowboys fan, and so this is a this is an interesting pick to me in that I this was one that I'm not surprised by. I knew that this was the guy they liked. I feel like the Cowboys have developed this habit over the last several years of taking guys that are more a kind of fringe round one prospects, and they just yeah. seem to settle in and just be content with taking that fringe round round one prospect at pick 26 or so, where they've been picking a lot lately because they you know, get in the playoffs and then don't do anything. Uh, you know, Travis Frederick is an example of one that obviously hit and you, you know, had to be happy with that, but there've been two or three other guys like that where they just, they just seem to settle in. Tyler Smith was another one last year where it, it seems like they could have traded back maybe and gotten more assets. I, I you know, Maisie Smith is an interesting prospect. I, I don't understand how he's ahead of Brian Bercy. I find that very odd. Uh, yeah. However, I was mocking Bercy to new Orleans at 29 and that's where he ended up going. Uh, Maisie Smith to me, I, I was, we were on the, IDP guy stream last night and Ricky Rodriguez was wondering if he could develop into Chris Jones. And I don't see that at all. I think your best case scenario is he develops into Dexter Lawrence and that's going to take time. I mean, you're going to have to be like the same with Dexter Lawrence where you're waiting three or four years to get that out of him. And so I wrote him up as kind of a deep sleeper at football guys as a, for an, for an interior defensive lineman required league, because there is that kind of upside with the athleticism he has. Uh, but if, in the short term, he's, he's a rotational guy that's going to come in and sweep. they have Osa OD out there in Dallas and and he he's fine I think from a real football standpoint this was a clear need and a priority they brought in John Hankins mid-year last year because they wanted a guy to come in there and be a space eater and and, and, and somebody that could hold the point of attack and so Maisie Smith profiles us that to get from the jump but that makes him a you know a pretty part-time player just to 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 get started with so uh useful for real football for IDP jury's still out maybe you know three years from now we we take a look and say all right this guy's really starting to come on you know maybe he's devon hamilton who just got an extension from jackson yep. jaguars you know something like that and if he is then that's a hit from a real football standpoint but you know it's just it's just not very exciting this just follows the cowboys recent habits of not being very of making kind of risk averse reasonably smart football decisions you know they kind of turned a page when they didn't take johnny football and took zach martin and they've been doing this kind of you know just 
risk averse, take a good player and move forward for with a while and some success with it. And this is another one of those picks. Gary, you got any final thoughts here about the first round? There's a couple guys we didn't get to that you'll get to later, but uh, as we're heading towards the end of the show, I think you're on mute, Gary. That's where I'm best left is what I hear. <laughs> I think my best decision was getting trip on here, man. That's that, for double feature. You guys make sure that you're checking it out on Spotify with the IDP pro manager and IDP player podcast this weekend, this week, little editings, wham, bam. And there you go. And you can get it everywhere. You get your podcast to be honest, but we suggest Spotify and use those DGM points and, you know, earn a little free cash, free stuff. It's pretty cool. As far as this class and later on, yeah, we're, we're just going to keep chugging along. And as the um, draft unfolds, we'll, we'll get to a point where we'll know a little bit better about how we're going to rank these guys. Day two, Trip. are there any players you're more excited on the defensive side to see where they go and what sort of production we could get out of them for IDP leagues? I just wanted to see where safeties go. I, I love safeties, and you know, I'm not shocked. I was a little – I mean, I wasn't surprised that Brian Branch didn't go in round one when Nolan Smith was still available. But yeah. uh, I'm, I'm just excited to see where the safeties go and how they fit and because that's always just such a wild card, and there's so many possibilities. So The Rams might get a safety. Don't they need one like really oh, yeah, bad? You got Branch sitting there. Yeah, just desperately. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that's what I'm most excited. My, my Both of my uh, Clemson guys are, are, are went late round one, so I'll be excited about to talk about that tonight. And then the third Clemson guy, Trenton Simpson, which for a while he was considered the top LB prospect. And then he seemed to fade a bit. I, I wouldn't write him off as being the top IDP LB just yet. Uh, any shows or podcasts coming up or articles, you know, are going to have coming up soon after the draft that people can be looking forward to. Yeah, I'll be uh, pumping out some t- some content over there at Football Guys. i got to get my redraft rankings going and, and talk a little bit about some of these new defensive coordinators, and especially with, like, Philadelphia. I mean, they got big impact IDPs, oh, yeah. new defensive coordinators, so I'll be taking a look at that. That'll be probably the first cut. Well, thanks for joining us. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Dynasty Trip, and that's two Ps at the end of it. If you're listening along with us, and you can find his content over at footballguys.com. We will be back next week, Friday. I'll be talking about the NFL draft more once we have the full picture involved after all three rounds. And, of course, you'll be able to catch the IDP Pro Players pod with Johnny the Greek, Gary, and Trip. that will be coming out in a couple days. Was it Saturday you're releasing that, Gary? Man, oh, man. I'm, it depends. I do the editing. It could be tomorrow morning. It could be Sunday. It depends how much coffee I have. Well, make sure you just keep the coffee coffee. in there. You threw too much in with your coffee. coffee. You might get a little tired, Gary. So, (laughs) (laughs) But that's going to do it for us. Thanks again to Trip for coming on. One quick thing, man. got more to say. Pick pick six. Detroit Lions, Gary Van Dyke. Notice that tag? So I got to do the mock draft. I I took B.J. Robinson. He was still on the board of the mock draft at pick six. Then they traded out. But guess what? They still went running back first. See you all later, folks. Gary, leave it to Gary to bring up the dirty O, like talking about players on the IDP (laughs) podcast here. Some things never change. So we'll be back next week with more talk. Thanks for joining, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.